0: This, what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, along with all these classes, but specifically we're going to be talking about the gifts of utterance, and so um, the speaking in tongues is something a lot of people are curious about, and rightfully so. So tonight we're going to be talking about, we're going to begin talking about that, and it will go beyond tonight, uh, but again, that recording is nice, we can refer people in the future if they have questions, we can obviously sit down and do a Bible study, but Maybe they don't have time, so they can just sit down and listen. So um, your participation will help them. If you have a question, don't feel bad about asking because that's how we learn, its through questions. And my answer sometimes is, let me get back to you. And that's okay too. Um, I won't just make up an answer to try to uh, act like I know everything. But I may just say, you know what, let's study that before next class and we'll come back and we'll address it. So don't feel bad, no question is, is a, a bad question, um, as long as it's relevant to what we're talking about, that's important. But um, let's, let's be feeling okay about asking questions and participating, and also um, maybe I'll just ask if anybody would like to share a testimony like last time of an experience you've had or you've seen. So any questions before we get started on any of that? all right do you guys want to stay in separate or do you want me to move to one side or the other or is it good like this You'll kind of spread out a little bit either way it doesn't matter to me you guys, as long as you guys are comfortable but um this is a little bit bigger setting but one thing about here is we get to do the scriptures up there and stuff so it helps to be in here all right okay so we will go ahead and get started then we'll give you a second to move that's good and uh, we've been having notes, so I apologize I didn't get the notes for tonight, but we're going to be mainly examining scriptures, and then uh, we may have some notes again next week. So I apologize for that. All right, let's go and get started. So tonight we're going to be again introducing the gifts of utterance. There are three gifts of utterance. In 1 Corinthians 12, they are mentioned. Verse 10, I believe it is. Uh, The gifts of utterance are prophecy, uh, different kinds of tongues or diverse tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. By these gifts, God anoints people to communicate thoughts from his mind to the church. God shares his mind with us. And we are able to communicate to the rest of the church. The speaker proclaims words of edification and exhortation and comfort to men. That's from 1 Corinthians 14.3. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Again, I'm so glad that the Lord is concerned with our comfort, our peace, our understanding. As in any gifts of the Spirit, uh, the gifts of utterance are not to abuse people. They're not to uplift the speaker. They are to edify the hearers, to exhort them and to comfort them. Uh, the Greek word for tongue in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, the context of the gifts of the Spirit, is glossa, g-l-o-s-s-a. And like the word in English, it refers to the actual organ of the body, the tongue, but obviously it refers to what the tongue does—talks, <laughs> right? That muscle that is often in better shape than any other muscle in our body, right? If all of our—if we worked all of our muscles as much as we do our tongue, we would all look like Arnold in his prime, right? But uh, that's the tongue that—that's the the vessel that keeps on working amen. throughout life. And that's what this is referring to is the tongue or to language. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. This is 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Again, laying the foundation of these kind of speaking in tongues. Does not speak to men but to God. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So there's the type of tongues where somebody is speaking to God and edifying themselves That's one type of tongues. 1 Corinthians 14:2 and 4. Am I going too fast for you, Brother Manny? All right, perfect. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, verse 2, we'll go back just to read along together. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God, for no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. In verse 4, He that speaketh an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Okay? And then, also in 1 Corinthians fourteen fourteen it says, If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So when we're praying in tongues, our spirit understands, our inner man. But our understanding, as far as our carnal mind, is unfruitful. We're praying to edify our spirit. And what does Jude say? One of the ways to build up our most holy faith. Anyone? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Very good, praying. Praying in the Holy Ghost. It's how we edify our spirit, how we build up our faith. So uh, praying in tongues, it's okay that it doesn't make sense to us as far as we don't understand what it says. That's okay because we're being edified in our spirit. The spirit is speaking through us. (laughs) It's a cell phone, but it sounds like a child. Yeah, that was an unknown tongue. <laughs> and uh, those who hear the speaker, uh, 1 Corinthians fourteen two, do not understand the language either, unless the Lord is, sometimes as he does, we'll talk about, speaks through them in a foreign tongue, and then somebody nearby might understand it that way. So there's, there's different kind of, of tongues. One person may speak in one language while another person may speak in a different language. The same person may also speak in more than one language. Sometimes God may pray through you in one way and another time another way. So the main thing to to refer to here is is the fact there's three primary ways to skip ahead of some of this. I think it will just make it easier to say it this way. There's three ways that God speaks through people in in tongues. Number one, it's the initial sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we'll primarily focus on tonight. Three ways, if you want to write these down, that God speaks supernaturally through people. There's the initial sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is personal devotions. And there is a the public utterance that is to be interpreted. So the, the kind that's in the context of the gifts of the Spirit. So those are, it's important to distinguish there is different roles sometimes and purposes for God speaking through people in tongues. And these are important to acknowledge for order in public worship and for understanding as believers. The initial sign of the Spirit, personal devotions, and utterances to be interpreted. Because sometimes in a worship service, and we'll talk about this more in future weeks too, there's an order where you may have several people speaking in tongues, but they're speaking unto their own edification. It's not meant to be interpreted. So it's okay if, if multiple people are speaking in tongues at the same time. And we'll see that in the book of Acts. 120 did on the day of Pentecost. But it was okay because it wasn't to be interpreted. And then there's other times Paul says only two or three people should speak an utterance for interpretation. And that's in the gift of tongues. Any questions so far? Yes. Here, let me get you a mic, sorry. Thank you for speaking up. Perfect.
1: Okay, so the... (laughs) On the first part of speaking in tongues, are you teaching that you have to speak in tongues to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Or can I be filled with the Holy Spirit as I believe I am without ever speaking in tongues?
0: That's a great question. And we'll look at some scriptures about that. Great question, Blake. (laughs) That is a wonderful question. And uh, that's one reason why we're talking about it tonight, because we want to look at the scriptures and see what the scriptures say. Any other questions? Yes. All right.
2: I'm sure you've probably seen this video of Chester Wright and spiritual warfare. And people are speak the example of intercessory, intercessory prayer, intercessory prayer. Is speaking in tongues. It's the different kind of tongues, right?
0: Yeah, that that's different than for personal edification, right. yeah. but that's letting the spirit pray through you right. in, in in interceding for different purposes.
2: So really there's like three types. One's for personal edification and the other one's for like being used in tongues and interpretation. And the third one would be intercessory prayer. Could be
0: intercessory prayer. prayer. Yeah, that yeah. Okay. That's that's that could definitely be added to those purposes. Because um, one example of what uh, brother Ron is talking about, I heard one one preacher talk about recently, um I think it was Brother Shatwell, who pastors in Oklahoma, and there's a heavy um, Native American influence there. And he was in a, at a prayer conference and all of a sudden he started speaking in something that sounded Native American. And it kind of freaked him out, he said. And he said, I went and got a friend that I trust and said, sit next to me and when I speak like this, you stop me if it feels weird to you. If this feels like it's not of God, you stop me right away. And um, he continued praying and the Lord prayed through him for several hours The Spirit prayed through him, and when he got back to Oklahoma, several things happened within the next few months in the Native American community that he felt were related. So, uh, yeah, Uh, God can definitely intercede through us, and sometimes as you learn to grow in the Spirit, you feel that unction is different. It's not like, okay, I'm praying for me right now where I'm being edified, I'm feeling peace and joy, and I'm being renewed in my strength, but... There's it's a it's a a warring spirit, and unless someone's ever interceded, it's hard to really understand that. But as you yield to it, God will will pray through you. And again, these these are people that I know that are not weird. They're not out there somewhere. They're just letting the God letting God use them. They're people just like us, who uh, are just normal people. But God uses spiritual warfare so that is a good point So um, God can use it in our personal edification he can use it to pray through us for others and he can use it to where when we do it in a public setting it's followed by an interpretation so tonight what we're going to primarily focus on and goes directly to Blake's question earlier was um, when we examine the scriptures and they received the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts the baptism of the Holy Spirit what did that look like so um, we're going to look at first, uh, we're going to look at a verse in the Old Testament before we get to the New Testament. And the verse is Isaiah 28. Isaiah 28 and 11 through 12. Isaiah 28, 11 through 12. So I don't mind jumping all around tonight. I'm trying, It's such a big topic. So I said with questions and input, I may not follow my exact notes here, but I'm okay with that. I just want us to to gain understanding, not follow some kind of detailed ritual (laughs) of education. I want us to understand and to grow in that. And again, don't feel bad if you have a question. You may have been filled with the the Holy Spirit in this way for years, and you feel like, oh, I shouldn't ask a question. It's okay. Just ask. It's okay. Uh, Isaiah 28, 11 through 12 have it up there? Okay, perfect. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. So, in the Old Testament, the type of rest is fulfilled through God's presence, it's God's spirit. And um, when you read through the New Testament, you'll find many times where God says to come unto him for rest, right? It talks about his spirit being the place of rest. And it also says that it's a refreshing. These are the times of refreshing the book of Acts refers to. So this is speaking of the spirit. And, and the previous verse tells us that he is going to speak to his people. Um, go back one verse again, Brother Manning, to verse 11. Please, sir. Thank you. With stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to his people? So, we already see an indication in prophecy God's going to cause people to have stammering lips and another tongue. Any questions on that verse so far? Okay. So, let's um, jump ahead to Mark um, chapter 16 and verse 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And We'll go ahead and read the next verse too. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So these are signs that, again, we're praying as a church, God, restore us to the church as you designed it. Help us not to be uh, influenced or, or derailed by any man-made religion, but restore us to the church that you have designed. And so uh, verse 17 tells us as part of what God intended for believers is that these signs follow, we'll be able to cast out devils and we'll speak with new tongues. That's for believers. Okay? So, again, this stuff is before Acts. Acts just shows the fulfillment of it. Any question about this verse or these two verses? Yes? So, are you teaching us that
1: you're going to be able to do every one of those things as a believer? Or some people are going to be able to do some of that? I mean, I've taken poison and not died many times in my life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, good question. Is it, is it, is it, I really want to narrow down the speaking in tongues thing cuz yes. I to believe
1: that if you don't speak in tongues, it's a sign that you're not part of God's fold. Which I believe this would be a good time to
0: Yes. This Bible study so to Absolutely. <laughs> question and and i you know part of these again there a snake but if if you do take up a serpent this happened with paul he's teaching around the fire or sitting around the fire and a snake bit him and he shook it off and there was no effect so not all of us are going to get snake bit literally so i you know i agree that 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 could be uh, misleading or you know taking poison these are in the course of of doing God's will, if these things, we encounter these things, I believe that we won't be harmed. That's what I think it's teaching. Um, and as far as these signs follow them, again, just think about this in light of the, the scriptures that we will read um, in the book of Acts. It's just interesting that, again, it, he mentions speaking in tongues as signs that follow believers. And so um, some people never. Have the opportunity to heal someone who's sick because they never reach out and pray for someone who's sick. So part of it's, what am I going to do? What am I going to seek in the Lord? And what is He going to give me? Does that make sense? A little bit. Does it answer your question, Blake, or not really? It doesn't answer my question, but I think I'm going to stick it out. Okay. Sure in, in, in Fair enough. Yes. That's things because I don't want to. I don't want to misstate things out of context. I want us to examine all of it and then. You know, see, what, see what, the, what happened. So part of what's happening in Mark is the Lord is, is right before he ascends into heaven and he's telling them about the things that are to come. And, um, and he tells them, go in Acts 1 to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Okay, He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. My spirit's going to be with you. And so this is the promise of the Father is the Spirit And Acts chapter 2 is where we find the actual fulfillment of God pouring out his spirit. Okay, so Acts chapter 2, verse 1, they're waiting for the promise of the Father. They've been waiting 10 days. I don't think it was because God was making them wait just to wait 10 days to see if they're serious. Although it is good that they waited 10 days. Um, But he was waiting for the day of Pentecost because God wanted to keep... A timeline here. So on the day of Pentecost, the Lord wanted to pour out His Spirit that day to signify Old Testament typology, which is another discussion. But He waited till the day of Pentecost. The 120 are all with one accord in the upper room, and suddenly as they're in the upper room waiting for the promise, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Okay. And there appeared in them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. So all of them were filled. They all received this experience. They all spoke with tongues. Not as they learned in their, how do I get the Holy Ghost class? <laughs> you know, they didn't. They weren't just saying syllables that kind of go together to sound like you're speaking unknown tongues, like, you know, sell them a Honda, buy me a Jetta. That's not speaking in tongues. That's saying you sold your Honda and you're buying a Jetta, right? So. <laughs> Sell by buy me a Jetta. You know that's not speaking in tongues, right? So, time <laughs> I tie, time I tie, time my I tie, tie, my tie. You know, it's not. It's, it's as the spirit, okay? The spirit gives the utterance. That's important because there are te- places they teach you to teach in to, to talk, talk in tongues. They teach you, and you may think that doesn't exist, but it does. People are taught to speak in tongues, and uh, that's not what we're about. We're about the Spirit giving the utterance. I'm even uncomfortable sometimes when people are, are told to just say this, just say this, just say this. And then as they're saying that 100 times, and somebody's like, oh, that's it, that's it, woo, that's it. And maybe they're just getting tripped up on what they've been saying because they said it 400 times in a row. <laughs> Some, you know what I'm saying? So it's as the Spirit gives the utterance. Okay, it has to be the Spirit of God. Man cannot influence this or make it happen. It's as the Spirit gives the utterance. And as you continue through Acts 2, we won't read all the verses, um, but part of what happened there that was, uh, does not happen all the time, but they, they spilled out into the street, and they were continuing to pray in the Holy Ghost, and people from all around them understood them as they spoke some of the languages that other people from different places could actually understand and uh, there's been instances of that even recently that I shared Um, like there was a nine year old girl at our family conference in Salem this year she she received the Holy Spirit and was speaking in tongues and somebody sitting close by said she knows Arabic? and her parents said no (laughs) she doesn't know Arabic they said well she's speaking fluent Arabic a nine year old how can you teach that? Right, So uh, they, they asked her to, the lady went over there and wrote down some of the things she was saying because it was intriguing to them to know what she was saying and she was basically just saying things like Jesus is here, Jesus is with me, stuff like that in Arabic. And um, Brother Bernard talks in his book about one case where he was in Korea and a man was praying in the spirit next to him, a man from Korea. And the interesting thing was when he was saying that he was saying, Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon, repeating that phrase, but he didn't have any discernible accent. And when uh, Brother Bernard asked him if he knew English, he said no. So he was speaking in an unknown tongue to him. Not only that, but his accent, his Korean accent was not influencing this dictation of the English language. And it kind of reminds me of when Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire. They didn't even smell like smoke when they came out because God preserved them. When God does something, he doesn't really do it halfway. And another instance of someone I know um, who was in a church not far from here, she was wondering about this speaking in tongues thing. She was asking questions to God. Is this for me as a believer? And she was in the prayer room, and someone she noticed was praying in a Specific royal dialect from Fiji, where she was from. And she went over to them and listened. And it wasn't just the common dialect where she was from in Fiji, but it was the royal dialect. They were speaking it fluently. And uh, she asked them after prayer, She said, I didn't know you were from Fiji. And they said, What are you talking about? <laughs> she said, You were speaking fluent Fiji, or whatever the language. And And uh, they said, no, I was just praying in the spirit. So the person praying didn't understand they were speaking any foreign language. They just maybe thought it was a heavenly language. So sometimes God does manifest in earthly languages that the speaker doesn't understand. That's still the gift of speaking in tongues because they don't understand it. I I think it was Mama's one time said in, in Hillsborough, someone was speaking Spanish as our praying, she was like, I didn't know someone spoke Spanish. She went up there and she listened, they're speaking Spanish and yeah. wasn't that what yeah. And he's like, I don't know. I'm just praying. <laughs> so um uh, So it can happen where it's it's an earthly language people understand. Um and that's what God did on the day of Pentecost. Some of what they received was at that instance, they were speaking in a language unknown to them, but known to some of the hearers around. And it was a sign not only to them, but to those who were hearing. And if you continue on um, through Acts 2, obviously people are wondering what's going on, because here's 120 people who have seemingly lost their mind. And they are they're, who knows what they're doing, but they're walking around speaking in tongues, acting however, and, and, and Peter has to say they're not drunk like you think. You know, this is, they're drunk in the spirit, but not you know, with wine like you think. But he goes on uh, to say, you know, preaches to them the gospel, because what he's pointing to is this is part of the gospel. This is the promise that has been afforded to us because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is what he told us to go and wait for, to receive as part of the gospel. This is what he provided through the gospel. And so they asked him in verse uh, 37, I believe it is. Is it verse 37, Manny? Can you bring that one up? Acts two thirty-seven. 37. So um, previous verse, why don't we do that? 36. Peter explains to them in verse 36 as he's telling them what, just, what they've just seen, he says, also, after he preached the gospel to them, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Okay, you were waiting for the Messiah. He came, and you crucified him. Okay, and that's why in verse 37, understandably, they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. I mean, if someone doesn't feel bad about that, they're pretty much a reprobate. <laughs> I mean, they, they killed the Savior. So the, the, the question is then, now we know we've sinned, but thankfully God doesn't just point out our sin and leave us at that point, right? You're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, but he doesn't leave us there. So Peter said, the response to your sin, verse 37, just for another minute, please, Manny, So, Peter and the rest of the apostles, they asked them, What do we do? Okay? They asked Peter and all the apostles, men and brethren, What shall we do? How can we ever be atoned for our sin? Is it fair to say that's their question? Okay? So, verse 38, it says, Peter said to them, Repent, okay, which again, We could have a long, exhaustive study tonight, but basically it means to change our way of thinking and make a decision to walk God's way. Yes, part of it's confessing sin, part of it's feeling like we need to repent, feeling sorrow for sin, but ultimately it's turning from the way we were going in sin to walking with Jesus Christ. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission... Of sins, And again, this is something good to highlight sometimes because not every church really preaches that either. And again, I, I, it doesn't matter to me what the name of the church is. I, I have no interest in talking bad about anyone. It's just, if this is what it says to do, that's what I'm going to do. Yes, that's right. I don't want to look at what other churches are doing. What does the Bible say? That's right. So the Bible says, be baptized, everyone of you, in the name of Jesus Christ... For the remission or the forgiveness is what that's meaning of sin. So why would Peter tell them to do it to have their sins forgiven if it wasn't part of having your sins forgiven? Does that make sense? Yes. So again, I'm just looking at what the scripture says. I'm trying to keep my, my bias out of it. If I'm not trying to be biased. I'm just trying to read the scripture. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, part of this is is challenging us, right? Like, I have to do something if I'm going to be saved. I can't just keep doing what I'm doing and expect to be saved. I have to respond to the gospel. It calls me to action. But the beautiful thing about it is to me, if I will respond, it doesn't matter who I am, I shall receive. Please keep it on 38, Brother Manny. I shall receive. There's not a question of, well, God might give me the Holy Ghost. Shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So the key is just if I will truly repent. And now sometimes we'll see later in the book of Acts. Sometimes they receive the Holy Ghost after they're baptized and sometimes before. So the order of those two is not necessarily as important. But it begins with repentance. Changing, turning to God, trusting in God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength, forsaking sin, walking with him. Again, doesn't mean I'm perfect at that point. Doesn't mean that I'm never going to have a weakness or a temptation again, but I'm making a 100% choice to follow him, and he honors me based on that. Okay, any questions about that so far? Yes, sir. Absolutely, you do.
1: But I don't
0: speak in tongues. Okay. We'll, ke- we'll keep going, okay? okay. Yes. Right, but I want, let me get through all these examples first, and then I'll answer you, brother. I will, okay? So, so this experience, I believe, is a response to the gospel, because Peter was given the keys to the kingdom, Right? And we don't even give our keys to our neighbor. Right? God's not going to give keys to someone who doesn't trust or that's going to get up and tell a, a different gospel or lie. or Not only that, but none of the other apostles got up and said, Peter, what are you talking about? Right. None of them argued. And this, and, and this next verse really is a key to me that this was not just for them. Okay, Next verse says... For the promises unto you. Okay, it's to all them there. A lot of people will agree with that. To your children, yeah, to that next generation, even and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's where you lose some people because they believe it was for them, maybe even for their children, but for everybody who God calls, that's where. It's easy to stumble and say, is it really for me? Okay, is is any of us going to come to God except he calls us? No, it's only by the grace of God that we come to him. So if if we come to him, he's calling us. If we love him, he's drawing us. So this experience is for us. What experience? The one he just said is available to you and was demonstrated in the upper room. Okay, and then verse forty says, "Go, verse forty, please." With many other words, did he testify and exhort, saying, "Save yourselves from untoward generation." Next verse. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized; they obeyed, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. So I believe they repented in that moment; they got baptized uh, in water in the name of Jesus and. I believe they were baptized with the Spirit, as because they gladly received His word, they obeyed, and God's not going to leave anybody out that that truly responds to the gospel. Okay, so um, then next let's go to let's go to Acts 10, the first time that we find that uh, Gentiles receive the Holy Ghost. Praise God for that, right? Yes, (laughs) or else we'd be in trouble. I'm not of any Jewish heritage that I know of, despite the size of my nose. <laughs> Acts 10, and we'll go to um, verse... We'll start with uh, verse 40. We'll see where that's at, and then we'll, we'll work our way down. We'll go 41. Forty-two here. Maybe we'll get all the way up to forty-four, but I was just gonna see if maybe we want to start one before. So uh, Peter's preaching to the Gentiles here, Cornelius and all his house. He commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and dead. Verse 43. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name. Whose name? Anybody want to guess? Very good. Through Jesus, his name, whosoever believes in him shall receive remission of sins. How do we receive remission of sins? Through his name, through the baptism in his name. See, all this stuff, if you, the more you read it, the more it all comes together. In verse 44, while Peter was still speaking, okay, Now here, this blows people's theology, even Pentecostal's theology sometimes, because we think there's a certain order which things happen, right? You preach a message and you have everybody come forward and they can't receive the Holy Ghost unless I give them a neck massage and a chiropractic adjustment and maybe rub their face in the carpet three or four times. And then they're going to receive the Holy Ghost. But in this instance... While Peter was still preaching, he's still in the middle of his message. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, verse 45, and they of the circumcision, the Jews, which believed, were astonished. (laughs) They were amazed because that on the Gentiles, these horrible Gentiles in their eyes, these heathen, these scum, was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. And sometimes in church, people get the Holy Ghost and other people go, how'd they get the Holy Ghost? Okay, same way you got it. Because God is merciful and gracious on us. How did they know they got the Holy Ghost? Verse 46. It was just there a second ago, okay. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water? Okay, I was talking to someone a couple days ago, and, and he got the same understanding that I believe God showed me before when we were talking. We both agreed that if they wouldn't have got the Holy Ghost first, they probably wouldn't have baptized them because they were so prejudiced. Right. <laughs> they weren't going to allow Peter to baptize a bunch of Gentiles. But after they received the Holy Ghost, now Peter has the boldness to tell his brethren, okay guys, now they have the Holy Ghost, how can we forbid water that they should not be baptized? Which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. They receive the Holy Ghost the same way we received the Holy Ghost. Okay? So if they've received the Holy Ghost, we can baptize them. If God, if God approves of them to fill them with his spirit, obviously he approves of them to enter into covenant through baptism. Okay? And verse 48, what does that say? And he suggested they be baptized in the name of the Lord. He commanded them. I'm not trying to be honorary, I'm just trying to make it a little bit fun, okay? But a lot of times in the church nowadays, people want suggestions, not commandments, right? And the reason why we're serious about baptism is because it's a commandment. Okay? Well, that's Peter, that's not the Lord. Well, it was Moses who brought down the Ten Commandments. Did people, do we use that excuse? Something to think about. So he commanded them to be baptized. And then they received this amazing experience. They prayed he would tarry certain days. They wanted him to stick around and preach for a while. Teach us more. Okay? We we're born again now, but. We're a bunch of babies. We want some meat now. Give us some more understanding. And we're going to now fast forward to Acts 19. So some people might say, well, on the day of Pentecost, they got it that way because that was the first time the Jews got it. Then in Acts 10, it was the first time the Gentiles got it. So that's why it was the same in both of those places. But we find again uniformity in Acts 19. Acts 19.1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. okay, These are disciples of John. They've been following everything John told them to do. They've already been baptized in the baptism of repentance and no doubt have been faithful to do everything John commanded them to do giving their lives completely to following his teaching which was good for them okay but there's been a change since john right john came to prepare the way of christ and christ came to prepare the way of the gospel so he comes to them and he asks them verse two have you received the holy ghost since ye believed So again, just trying to read this unbiased, ask a question. Can you believe without receiving the Holy Ghost? Apparently. Right? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He acknowledged they were believers. That they were believing the best way they knew how. And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. We don't even know what in the world you're talking about. John didn't tell us about no Holy Ghost? <laughs> what do you mean? Right? Okay, so it's there's people who are believing the best they know how, but they haven't heard the whole story. Okay. So we're not discounting anyone's experience. We're not discounting anyone's devotion. We're not saying anyone's bad. We're just, maybe they haven't even heard. So verse 3 says, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto him, John's baptism. Okay, so they did what they knew to do at the time. Verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. Because at the time John was doing that, the gift of the Holy Ghost was not yet given. You can find that in John 7. Where Jesus stood up on the, I believe it's 737 through 39. Stood up on the great day of the feast said, whoever thirsts, let him come unto me. This spake he of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was not yet given because he was not yet glorified. So. John didn't preach anything but repentance because there was no Holy Ghost. Yes, there was the Spirit of God, but not in the not manifested through the Holy Ghost as we receive it. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. So he said unto them that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ, that or Christ Jesus. That's John's message. They said, We obeyed what John told us to do. So, verse 5. So, let me back up just for one second because I just saw something there too. Just reading now. So, they were baptized in the baptism of repentance, and they believed on him which should come after him on Christ Jesus. They believed on Christ Jesus, they believed in Jesus Christ. Verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That takes a lot of humility. Okay, I heard something I hadn't heard before. I have a decision. Either continue doing what I've always done, or respond in obedience. One of the things that the Lord's really challenging me in the last three or four months is about the ministry of healing. And we'll talk more about that in future weeks, but I'll just insert this here to say God's still working on me big time with some stuff. So I'm not going to stand here and say, I've arrived, I have everything figured out, I know all. Not even close. I would be forfeiting so much of God's kingdom I believe God wants us to do more. He wants us to have more authority and more power. And just like them, we have to humble ourselves to say, maybe I didn't quite understand that all the way before. That's right. And really pray and, and seek God and say, I want your understanding. I want to walk in your word. Not in my tradition, not in man's tradition. And tradition's fine if it doesn't, if it doesn't inhibit the advancement of the kingdom, okay? But if tradition inhibits the advancement of God's kingdom, I want to choose the word over the tradition. Does that make sense? Okay, so so this was all they knew and they had a choice now. Are we going to just continue to be content with what we understood before, which, again, they're not, Peter's not, or Paul's not rebuking them. He's not saying, how could you guys not know? How would you... He's just saying, there's this other way. This this is available to you. This is God's design and purpose and plan for every person, for whosoever will. So when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Again, why why would we baptize any other way? I'm just challenging all of us tonight, our thinking. Because there's a school of thought that what they did in the New Testament was good for then, but we've figured it out a little better since then. But in here, they obviously baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is second or third instance. We've seen that. So why would we not? Okay, We can argue till we're blue in the face whether it's necessary, all this stuff, but if they commanded them to do it and they did it and they practiced it regularly, why would we say... Should we do it? We want to just do it. That's my heart behind it. That's why, I'm, uh, that's why it's important to me. Not because I'm trying to uh, follow man-made religion. I mean, I would, I, would, I would burn my fellowship card with who I'm a fellowship with so fast if it meant I was going to heaven or hell. It wouldn't even be funny. If it was heaven or the fellowship, guess who's losing? Sorry, guys. <laughs> Love you. Hope you can make it, too. I'm not, I'm not, my allegiance is not to man, is my point. Right. And there's been so many times, especially on this issue of baptism, I've had with people I love dearly, we've had conversations, and I just have to go back to the book. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? So, verse 6. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So again, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues. And then prophesied was not something that happened in each of the instances throughout the book of Acts, but this one, they prophesied in this instance. But the common theme again was the same. They spake with tongues. Okay, so if you look at all the instances in the book of Acts where people received the Spirit, they spoke with tongues. And in instances where it doesn't specifically say it, it could either imply it or not mention it, but it never says someone received the Holy Ghost and did not speak with tongues. And after the book of Acts, we, if we divide the Word of God, we have the Gospels, we have the book of Acts, and we have all the letters to the church after Acts. So he's writing to people who have already received this experience after the book of Acts. So these are instances where people receive the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts. So uh, to answer the question from earlier is I believe we can all receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and speak with tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Does that mean someone is not living for God? Does that mean God is not using them? Does that mean any of those things? No. There's, there's people that are used by God every day in some ways greater than I that haven't received this, but I want them to receive it because it's there. And in uh, John, I didn't put this in my notes, but in John chapter 3, John chapter 3, uh, verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Verse 2. Was, came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Verse 3. Jesus answered, said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So being born again is important, right? We want to see the kingdom. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time to his mother's womb? That's a fair question, and when you think about it, really ridiculous. I mean, you imagine getting back in your mom's stomach? I don't think so. Crawling back up in there? <laughs> but Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So the way that we're reborn... The way we're regenerated after the fall of mankind is through the being born again of water and of the Spirit. God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is just the Spirit of God because God is a holy God and he is a Spirit. So the Holy Spirit isn't another uh, separate part of God. It's just the Spirit of God manifested to us. The Holy Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 6 says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So if we're just born of our mother, whenever our birthday is, then we're just flesh until we're born of the spirit, then we become part of his in Romans chapter 8. John 3, 7 says, marvel not that I said in thee, you must be born again. In verse 8, this is where I'm laying the context for, but if you study this verse, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Okay, the wind's blowing. You don't see the wind. But you can feel the effects of it. Not only can you feel the effects, but you can hear the sound of it, right? And this word sound in this verse um, can also mean language. If you'll look at the, any, any uh, Greek word study, part of the definition of the word, the Greek word for sound there is phono. So, you could say, and thou hearest the language thereof. The wind blows where it listeth. Just like on the day of Pentecost, there was a sound as of a rushing, mighty wind, right? Filled all the house where they were sitting. And they, the, they spoke with other tongues, the sound thereof. But canst not tell where it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So. A lot of different things going on here. A lot of different verses. But I will say, again, not in opposition to any person or anything that I believe God wants everybody to have the experience of the book of Acts. It doesn't mean that they're doing, it doesn't mean someone's better than them. It doesn't mean they haven't been used by God. I mean, they were believers of Jesus Christ. They were following everything they were taught. And he came to them and said, there's this for you. To be baptized in Jesus' name and to be filled with the Holy Ghost as we were. And Paul, when he re- received the Holy Ghost, it doesn't mention in the book of Acts specifically if he spoke in tongues then. But later on he said, I speak in tongues more than y'all. <laughs> so evidently Paul was from Texas or something. But <laughs> What's that? More than all y'all. More than all y'all. Yeah. <laughs> more than all y'all. But... Like I said, I, I'm teaching these things for understanding, not for division. Not to, um, you know, if I had a, a cure for cancer, I'd want to tell everybody about the cure, right? I wouldn't want to hold it back because I um, you know, be afraid of what people might think. But well, my heart is simply, let's do what the Bible says. Let's experience what the Bible tells us we can experience. And so uh, my understanding comes from those things. So I guess my question, if, if, if somebody, again, I'm, I'm not turning this into a debate, but for sake of discussion, would somebody want to say how you could receive the Spirit with, without, how it would be different from that experience as far as somewhere in the Bible that you find understanding otherwise. And again, this is not a meant to pin anybody against each other. This is for understanding. I I'm not wanting to Yes, Sister Norma. Well, the way, the way I was... Microphone? Sorry, I forgot to give that earlier too. I'm bad about this. I don't know if it answers your question, but oh, I
3: said I don't know if it answers your question, but Um, When I was going to Florida, I was going to a Pentecostal church, and they baptized, but they baptized me in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that's how they did it, so I thought, that's how you did it, and um, when I came here to Florida, where am I? Oregon. Oregon, sorry. (laughs) Too many states. Um, I was going to church with Brother Tony at the time he was our pastor, and the way he explained it to me was, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are a title. Just like you're a father, you're a brother, and you're a son, but your name is Dallas. So mm-hmm. when he was explaining it to me, he said the power is in the name of Jesus, and so when you're baptized in the name of Jesus, you know it, it made a difference for me because I was like, well, I know I was baptized under the title, but when after I got baptized, I, I didn't feel I had power like. I always had condemnation, I never grew spiritually, I felt like I was going backwards, and I was like, what's wrong with me? You know, and I didn't speak in tongues, and so I was like confused, and when I came here, it just, it made so much sense, because he's like, you know, when you're baptized in the name of Jesus, the name is in the power of Jesus, and that's where your sins are washed away. And so when you go write a check, you don't write sister or brother or anything, you write your name. Mm-hmm. and that's how you're able to have the funds. So for me, I was like, well, baptize me now in the name of Jesus. I want to do it right because I don't, I don't want to be walking knowing the truth and then not doing it. So that's just how I understood.
0: Yeah, and again, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not wanting to condemn, but we all understand not, every, not all Christians baptize in the name of Jesus. It's not for a debate. I'm just saying that's, that's just the reality. Some people don't. And if you study church history, you can see where that developed. But the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit was never to be the the formula of what is called over you at baptism. The name of the Father is Jesus because Jesus said, I come in my Father's name. The name of Jesus is Spirit in my name. That's what Jesus said. So you can look up those verses. I apologize. It is the name of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. So when you're baptized in the name of Jesus, you're not. Again, why would Jesus say one thing and tell Peter to say something else? As someone you say in the name of Jesus, which is the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? That his name is preached. Okay, his name is preached for those functions. 24.42 or something like that. That repentance and remission of names would be preached in his name. Luke 24.42. Fish. And the honeycomb. <laughs> Let me look that up real quick. Anybody has one or comments? Again, I'm not trying to... I'm really glad we're talking to Gus, right? And, we, and I can learn stuff here tonight, too. I'm not saying that I know everything by any stretch. Uh, I'm just... I want to learn, too. Let me just see here real quick. Because now it's going to bug me. Yes. In my Bible app. It's probably not even the book of Luke here. Okay, Luke twenty four forty seven. After they, they had to eat fish before they could understand it, right? You know, they were hungry. And so after they gave him some food, and he said, repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, which just so happens to be where Acts 2, where it all began, right? So it began there. Repentance and remission of sins preached in his name, and baptism has to do with remission of sins, right? So it all, it's all layered together, but it, you don't see it all at once until it's like, when God started showing me some of these things, then all these other verses started coming together. All, all started popping off the page, Yes, sir.
1: Okay, I guess back to my original question would be, okay. can somebody that is a believer in Jesus Christ, born again, filled with the Spirit, has the Holy Ghost, live their life, and
0: never speak in tongues? What would be the sign of the receiving the Holy Ghost, if, I'm, if you don't mind me asking that? Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's my question. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's,
1: you know, we're commanded and under, not commanded, but we're, you know, we need to preach the gospel.
0: Right, yes, sir.
1: And again, I guess my question is, uh, yeah. That okay. Is my, my Yeah. They had never spoken tongues. I mean, obviously, at some point, everybody, it happened to the person that it happened to, uh, you know, maybe early on in this case, we're learning about the first church. Yeah. Um, so, back to my question what, is the, what do we teach
0: here? Yeah. That's a great question, uh, Blake. And, and obviously, uh, I would I would never discount anything you've done for Christ because you've done much for Christ. And. Um, I would just say that I want to. I'm comfortable judging the way they judged that someone received the spirit, and the way they judged someone received the spirit, they spoke in tongues. So again, I'm not, I'm not in the place to condemn anyone to hell or to say this person's going to heaven, this person's going to hell. But when the, in the book of Acts, when someone received the spirit, they judged it by if they spoke with tongues. So that's that's the reason I adopt that, not because. Um, I'm wanting to exclude anyone. I'm just saying that's what they did, so that's that's the way I feel comfortable judging it. Um, God is just. Some things may, you know, like I've said many times before. If I get to heaven and there's a bunch of people there that whatever didn't fulfill my understanding, I am certainly not going to be upset. <laughs> I'm only going to rejoice with them. But I think part of the reason why God gives us a sign is so we know that we know that we know beyond shadow of any doubt that we have something that's 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 supernatural. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um,
2: as far as being filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit, it, it's for everyone, like the Scripture says, "For everyone the Lord shall call," which you are called, obviously. Um, you know, Jesus says, "Ask and you shall receive. You've asked. Obviously, you've asked for this, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Certainly. Then you are. If you believe that you receive it, you are. Um, the rest of the experience is speaking with tongues. Now, you, you can do that. You can do that tonight if you want to. It's, it's up to you. Or you don't have to. You, you can stay where you're at and, and be filled and be happy. And, that, and that's fine. I mean, a lot of people do that. But... Um, I, I believe the, the New Testament experience, as the Apostle Paul talks about in, in the 12th, 13th, 14th chapter of Corinthians, is that we, we speak in tongues. And he says, I speak in tongues more than y'all. Because when you speak in tongues, you speak not unto man, but you speak to God. And that right there is a real, it's a, a super advantage because you're speaking by the Holy Spirit. You're speaking God to God hotline by praying in tongues. And and anybody can have that, and anybody can have it right now. You can have it right now if you want to, or tonight. And if, if you want to, um, after the class, you can come and see me. And, and and God will give it to you right now, if you want. God bless
0: Yeah, I I absolutely believe you're open to it, brother.
1: Yeah. I believe that God led me to this church and to, to all of you here um, and I think we've talked in the beginning when I first came about the tongue saying and you told me the same answers you've given me tonight I wasn't happy with that <laughs> <laughs> I'm not,
0: and again it's not, it's not no it's not personal or, or, it's uh, not personal we, no, no, we no. love each other Well, in the, but the thing is, brother, I I believe you're 100% sincere, and I would rather have someone be sincere than, as we say sometimes, fake it till we make it, or just conform because it's something man is saying. So I would rather you seek God. I would rather you not just take my word for it, but between you and God, find out if it's if I'm telling the truth or not. I prefer that. I don't, you know, I, I don't want to. Um, people just to do stuff just because I say, it, I just ask people just pray about it because i've been on, i've been on both sides of the coin, both having the spirit and not having the spirit and and so and and just because you know i've received this experience that we 're talking about again i 'm still having to grow all the time, and if I ever think i don't need to grow anymore i 've fallen under deception, so I see you know. Again, like Acts 19, is it's not as something that condemns anybody's experience and their belief in Jesus Christ. It's just saying, this experience is also available and it's a a next step for you. It's not a, a discounting of anything you've ever had. It's not saying, like Cornelius offered alms every day. He probably was better at praying than me. He prayed every day. I mean, that takes belief. He prayed and offered alms every day. He was probably more faithful than me to prayer and I, I don't like to admit that but it's probably true and and so god brought him this experience and it wasn't discounting anything he'd ever done it was just taking him to another uh, another dimension of experience with god and um so i you know i don't know if that that answers it but it's it's never wanting to be and I, I appreciate you speaking up, brother, because I, I wanted this to be a safe place for us to talk about stuff without it being personal, without it being divisive, because we're all trying to get to the truth. We're all trying to serve Jesus. That's what it's all about, right? And I know that's what you're about. 100%. Yeah. I, I,
1: I look at tongues. It's, I am, it's, in my past, I was like, whoa, I've had different experiences with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it is sometimes. It really is. I mean, it can be devilish sometimes, literally. Not only is it a, a counterfeit of God's experience, but it's actually devils speaking through people. Sometimes. I'm not going to say like what I know every time, but I'm just saying that sometimes it is demonic. So I can understand people's apprehension for it because there are times it is, but there are times where it's the Spirit of God. And, and as we talk about... Um, A couple weeks from today, next week is men, so we won't. But the other context of speaking in tongues is for the body, the gifts of the Spirit, which are different than the personal edification that we've touched on a little bit tonight that comes through praying in the Spirit or intercession. So there are different avenues where God uses tongues in the body. Just... um, But tonight is, you know, like I said, we're way off notes, but I'm glad because this is good. We're talking, we're having a good conversation. But um, like I said before, and in so many times people tell me sometimes that I apologize too much, but I'm not necessarily apologizing. I just want people to know my heart that what I'm trying to teach and preach in this church is not, conch, is not in a desire to be contrary to any other church in this city. It's not to think that we're better or we're different or, and you know, the Lord said that um, to the disciples, if they're preaching Jesus, just leave them alone, you know, don't worry about it. So it's not that, but I do believe this experience is for everyone and I want them to, to find the joy and the peace and the comfort that comes from it. Not to say that they haven't been following Jesus in a beautiful way for many years, even some ways better than me but I'm just saying, man, you can get this. I've got it. Um, I had to seek God for a little while to get it because of my own belief. I didn't believe I could get it. Um, and then when I finally received from God, it, he was ready the whole time. Like What Brian was getting at earlier is, is it, anytime we come and truly ask, we can receive that experience. Um, he's waiting to give it to anybody who will ask. Um, we just you know what is it where it says if a father gives a stone, uh, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to then them ask? Um, ask he give you a serpent? Yes. Basically God's not unjust, he's not gonna do a bait and switch. On us. And it also means that if you ask for the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, the devil can't come in and take you over. Like right. a lot of a lot of people think. Yeah, if you a, ask God for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a stone. He's not going to let the devil or possess you. <laughs> anything, you're going to get the Holy Spirit from God. So to throw that out there. <laughs> so if um yeah, it's Luke 11:13. Or we'll start with verse, um, verse 10, or verse 9. Sorry, Luke 11:9. He's talking about prayer and importunity, which importunity is a fancy word for never giving up. It's you knock on the door till you get what you're asking. You don't get you don't knock once and then decide nobody's going to answer and you leave. You just keep knocking. Keep knocking. So verse 9 says, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Verse 10, please. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Verse 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he, for a fish, give him a serpent? Verse 12. Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Verse thirteen: If ye then, being evil or carnal, fallen nature, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Okay, he gives us a lot of. I like you know, Jesus exaggerates a lot in teaching. You know, scorpion for an egg. Blah blah. He said all that to build up to this. How much more? Will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So it really comes down to, um, you know, it's something he wants to give every person alive. God's not willing that any would perish, but all would come to a place of repentance. So to kind of sum up tonight, um, God wants to give the Holy Spirit to every one, And yes, to them that ask
4: For me, <clears throat> I know that uh, speaking in tongues is a heavenly language, and it's between you and God that the enemy, uh, you know, he's always, he's like orejon, like always uh, wanting to hear what you're saying. But in that time that you are, that God, uh, that you have, the, you speak in tongues, it's a heavenly language between you and God, and um, and and to me, like, that is powerful. And I myself, even though I was in church for a while, I struggled. I struggled with uh, because I was, I was raised Lutheran, uh, uh, and I knew the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And after I got baptized and had the Holy Ghost, I struggled. One, one night I couldn't sleep, but then I can't remember where I found it. I just said, Lord, I, I'm struggling. And he, he led me to the scripture. And as soon as I read it, I said, oh, okay, that's it. So, you know, you can ask the Lord to help you, uh, you know, within your your prayer to help you um, find what you need, and he will give it to you. Because that's what happened to me. He gave me, th- I was struggling, and uh, I couldn't understand the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, the three, you know, because I was raised Lutheran, but I didn't, I didn't, couldn't understand, like, the name of Jesus. So, and um, God gave it to me. I, I, I can't, I, I wish I knew where I found the scripture, but he, I just opened the Bible, started reading, and I read it, and I said, okay, that's it for me. So uh, I felt like God was speaking to me, and uh, he gave me what I needed, and uh, that answered my question. So... He is the only one that can give it to you, you know. It's a beautiful gift, you know. And um, so it's, like I said, it's a heavenly language. And I love it because I'm very feisty. And, and that gets me through, you know. And God um, God comes to me and he says, that wasn't very nice the way you treated your husband. And, you know, and or treated someone, you know. And... And uh, so I I go into prayer, and I repent, and and I get filled again, and and I go ask for forgiveness to my husband because I am very feisty. (laughs) And I thank God for the Holy Ghost and the speaking in tongues.
0: So, and I just, you know, again, just to clarify, it, uh, most of you know, but Blake is a great man of God. He does he goes and feeds the home you know not feeds but gives out shoes and um socks to homeless people and he, he has a lot of great ministries he does and and he obviously walks with Jesus so um my desire is never to you know i'm not the the reason why it may sound like i'm skating around the issue but <laughs> i don't i'm not comfortable saying i i'm the judge cuz i'm not i just go by Again, with the book of Acts, that's how they judged it. So that's how I want to judge it. I think obviously we, I'll try to conclude with my remarks real shortly, but obviously whenever we consider things like this, our mind, at least my mind, what about this great preacher? What about this person I know that's such a nice person and has shown me compassion? And what about, you know, you can go down the line of all these people Either currently or in history, that maybe didn't speak in tongues, and our mind automatically wants to think: Are they saved or not? That's where we want to go. And for me, I I can't figure out the whole world. (laughs) I can only figure out me. And so, I'm as as I am in charge of teaching to my best ability the word of God here. That's what I try to do. It's not to. Um, discount anybody else it's just I want people to receive the fullness of what God has and um, that's what what my motivation is um, nothing else is just to receive it and and uh so that that's the motivation and um again i get i'm thankful for everyone who spoke up because it takes a lot of courage especially you know you're talking about insignificant matters of scripture, it's easier. But when you're talking about salvation, it takes a lot of courage to to speak up and and wonder what everybody's gonna think. Um, so th- can you imagine, I can't imagine, if I was discussing this in front of like a, a community-wide event like at the Rose Garden or now the Moda Center, and you've got people from every different denomination and you're stepping on sacred cows left and right. <laughs> I mean, that would be. I think I would rather do just about anything in the world than that. Because um, my, again, my desire is not to be divisive or point anybody else out. Or it's just say, this is what I read the Bible to say. Pray about it, you know. So, anything else for tonight? Questions. Good. Okay. So um, again, in a couple of weeks, what we're going to do is talk about um, tongues in the context of the gifts of the spirit. So tonight we've talked about, obviously, um, in their role for personal edification and for a witness in that context. But um, next time we'll get into this, the diverse tongues that require uh, interpretation. So there's specific order to that. Because, again, we don't want to be a church where um, things are out of order. I mean, you can go on YouTube and find plenty of that. Um, (laughs) This one guy takes off running during worship and does a handstand on the baptismal and just falls in, and he jumps up and runs off. But I don't think God's in all that. Um, (laughs) We don't have to go do handstands on the baptismal to be saved. So uh, not only that, but I don't think it really has an order in in the worship service. So I don't think it's appropriate. And if someone did that, I would probably, you know, save the handstand for your personal pool or something, you know. Because in the middle of worship, people are going to have a hard time maintaining their focus on God when you're falling in the baptismal. So... Um, Especially if it's empty, it's going to make a loud clang. Um, so you put your foot through the wall or something. But so there is order to things. There is. It's not meant to be a freak show, but it's meant to be spirit-led. So there is a an order, and it's it's done both ways. Unfortunately, <laughs> sometimes orderly, sometimes disorderly. And again, I'm not perfect. I've I've made plenty of mistakes in all areas of Christianity. So. Um, Let's just pray and ask the Lord to help us all to understand tonight. Um, Lord Jesus, again, we thank you for this.